0: Do not be afraid, little flock. What a timely message for our days. We are a people on edge in many ways. All the sad news about the shootings, our highly charged political process, environmental disasters, impacts of climate change, we could generate a real long list of reasons to be afraid. And yet here are these words from Jesus, do not be afraid, little flock. Several commentators I read this week pointed out we may be tempted to hear the commands to remain alert and become even more anxious. Consider all the ways we're encouraged to be on alert already. Tornado and storm warnings, seek shelter. Shark warnings, stay out of the water. Flood warnings, move to higher ground. Food recalls, check everything in your refrigerator. And of course, the sad ones that we're dealing with so much now. Active shooter warnings, barricade or flee or fight. Those kinds of alerts can get our adrenaline pumping, induce fear, and contribute to an anxiety level, even if all we did is just heard about them on the news without any personal impact. And it's impossible to live in this constant state of fear without there being significant long-term emotional, mental, and physical damage to ourselves. So is Jesus giving us another version of this? Are Christians called to be on a constant imminent return of the Messiah alert? And what's the appropriate response? Door-to-door evangelism? Daily checking news stories for signs of the coming apocalypse? Nightly prayers, spending hours on our knees delineating all our possible sins so Jesus won't be angry with us when he comes back? Do not be afraid, little flock. These words from Jesus speak directly to our fear and to that pervasive anxiety that we all feel creeping into our souls. They tell us we need not become fearful and anxious even about his return. Why should we be afraid? Are not afraid why should this warning not have us anxious because god intends to give an eternal kingdom in all its riches we are promised we are promised in this passage something amazing unfailing treasure and jesus paints this stunning picture about the return he describes servants who are prepared for the return of the master of the house And when he shows up, he rewards his waiting servants with a banquet. He makes them sit down, and he proceeds to give them a feast. The popular images of Jesus' return often involve judgment and God's retribution falling on humanity. This is a very different image in this passage about return. This is Jesus coming to care for faithful servants who've survived all that fear-inducing and anxiety-producing circumstances of life and remained faithful. They're eagerly awaiting his return, and they'll be rewarded with a feast that he will serve them. So how are we to be ready and alert without becoming fearful and anxious? most early christians were poor and yet despite that luke repeatedly included challenges from jesus to care for others who were poor don't be afraid instead just be generous with what you have the response to all the fears that society would have us cringe before is to practice generosity take what you have help others focus on relieving the fear and the anxiety in other people's lives god is giving you an incredible gift a kingdom filled with riches so start sharing that kingdom and its treasure and the reward will grow nt wright describes it this way when jesus speaks of treasure in heaven here and elsewhere, this doesn't mean treasure you will only possess after death. Heaven is God's sphere of created reality, which as the Lord's Prayer suggests, will one day colonize earth, our sphere, completely. What matters is that the kingdom of God is bringing the values and priorities of God himself to bear on the greed and anxiety of the world. Those who welcome Jesus, And his kingdom message must learn to abandon the latter, those world priorities, and live by the former, God's priorities. Jesus uses the topic of money to catch our attention, but he's referring to something much deeper than just money. He is encouraging his followers to adopt the values and priorities of God's eternal reign. And when we adopt those, we find that earthly riches are much less important and heavenly priorities induce us to share what we have generously with others. If we're doing that, if we're sharing generously, we are waiting and watching for the Savior. Our focus on loving others and sharing generously is living the priority of God's reign. This is being dressed for action. This is having our lamps lit. This is what will please the master of the house when he comes. I ran across a story this week that exemplifies this kind of generosity. It shows the kind of thing that happens when people learn to live without fear. Peter Marty, publisher of the Christian Century, shared this story in a recent column. Regifting can be a risky practice with all types of gifts except one, the kind we receive from God. When we share gifts or blessings that have been given us by God, there is no end to the joy extended. Besides time, money, or talent, there are other things from God that can be regifted. Bethany and Hannah Goralski are twin 25-year-old sisters who each donated a kidney to separate strangers earlier this year. Their dad died of kidney failure last year before they had a chance to donate to him. And to honor his remarkable generosity with others, they elected to give life to someone else. Their decision triggered a chain reaction of anonymous kidney donations from friends of the people who benefited from their gift, and then from friends of others who had new life thanks to the succession of donors. In the end, Northwest Memorial Hospital in Chicago helped coordinate 10 donors and 10 recipients with potentially even more to come. The father's generosity inspired the daughters. Their generosity inspired others. Jesus is inviting us to re-gift those unfailing treasures we receive in a deliberate and sacrificial fashion. This is about far more than just small kindnesses to strangers, although that's a good thing. No, Jesus is calling us to be intentionally generous with what we have as an antidote to the fear and anxiety of the world. Our focus on generosity helps address the fears in our own lives, it helps heal our anxiety, and our sharing of God's kingdom with others helps them understand their fears and anxieties do not need to rule them. Yes, that should involve our financial resources. It is not enough to say, be of good cheer to someone who is suffering. We can resist the greed of our culture and do this, Chris Robertson expresses it with these words It's possible to approach one's life and one's belongings lightly and to see them for what they are gifts from God. This is where true freedom is found. When we invest our lives into others and choose to store up treasure in heaven, everyone wins. Fear is replaced with love, scarcity is replaced with abundance. And keeping up begins to make less sense, so as hard as it may be, it's worth it to take Jesus seriously. And as we give from our material treasure, we can also share other kinds of unfailing treasure. We can share humility by taking the time to understand someone's situation before we blunder in to fix their problems. We can share compassion by listening first and speaking opinions later. We can share wisdom by confessing the mistakes we have made and the hard path we walked in learning repentance. We can share time by staying with those who suffer rather than running to the next appointment or meeting. We can share love by taking the time to form friendships with those who are struggling. There'll be plenty of voices that will tell us these things are not worth our time, just as there are voices that tell us that we shouldn't share our resources. But we can consider again examples like Bethany and Hannah, who gave the gift of life. That's the kind of regifting of our lives Jesus is inviting us to make. Jesus is inviting us to share the resources of the kingdom, to show others the kind of love that Jesus showed us. Hear his words again. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give alms, make purses for yourself that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes and no moth destroys For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let us give the gifts of the kingdom we've been given. Let us do so knowing that an unfailing treasure is ours. We can live without fear and anxiety. We can know that Jesus will reward us with a feast and the riches of eternity. Amen.